I'd like to welcome all of you who are worshiping with us online this day. We are grateful for your presence as we gather together across time and space as the body of Christ to worship and give thanks to God. Let us pause to prepare our hearts and our minds for worship. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. God of all mercy and consolation, come to the help of your people, turning us from our sin to live for you alone. Give us the power of your Holy Spirit that we may confess our sin, receive your forgiveness, and grow into the fullness of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ, and by Christ's authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, you sent your Holy Spirit to be the life and light of your church. Open our hearts to the riches of your grace, that we may be ready to receive you wherever you appear. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Our first reading today comes from the book of Genesis, the 15th chapter. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Elizer of Damascus. And Abram said, you have given me no offspring, and so a slave born in my house is to be my heir. But the word of the Lord came to him, This man shall not be your heir. No one but your very own issue shall be your heir. He brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to count them. Then the Lord said, So shall your descendants be. And Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord reckoned it to him as righteousness. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And this is the Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 12th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, Do not be afraid, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. 
Sell your possessions and give alms. Make purses for yourselves that do not wear out, an unfailing treasure in heaven where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Be dressed for action and have your lamps lit. Be like those who are waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet, so that they may open the door for him as soon as he comes and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the master finds alert when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will fasten his belt and have them sit down to eat, and he will come and serve them. If he comes during the middle of the night or near dawn and finds them so, blessed are those slaves. But know this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. So you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. This is the Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Beloved siblings, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, if you had hoped to have a bit of a break from Luke constantly talking about money and the worthlessness of earthly possessions, I'm sad to inform you that this is not the break you were hoping for. We hear again admonitions about selling your possessions, making an unfailing treasure in heaven, a reminder that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And this then turns into an almost apocalyptic warning at the end here about being ready for when Jesus comes at some unexpected hour. And so we can thank the writer of Luke's Gospel for yet another text that perhaps piques our self-awareness and maybe arouses some guilt in recognizing that we get caught up in overvaluing the things that don't matter, as well as perhaps offering a few moments of anxiousness wondering if we're ready enough for Jesus to return. And I find that this is one of these times where it's particularly important to understand some of the history and context around when and how the various books of the Bible were written. Like all of the Gospels, Luke was told as an oral story for many years after Jesus died, and was finally written down in about the year 70 of the Common Era. During this time, the Jewish people were facing heavy pressure and were under intense occupation by the Roman Empire. This oppression and occupation by the Roman Empire is the backdrop for the entire story of Luke. More than any other gospel, Luke shows Jesus' care and concern for the poor, the oppressed, and those without worldly power. So, some of the stories that maybe make us squirm a little bit in Luke were actually words of good news to a people who had not a lot of other things going for them in their lives, in their particular place and time. Because for them, it meant that there was something more out there than the hardship of their lives. There was something more than the occupation. There was a promise that their lives mattered. However, this is perhaps not so very different from our own world and lives. 
you and I may not be directly oppressed by a foreign government, but there are certainly people in this world, and even some of us, who, through no fault of their own, do not have the same access to the same physical, mental, emotional, medical, and financial security and safety that others have. And when we lack in one or more of these things, it causes real distress for a human. If you have ever lacked or are currently lacking in one of these areas, you know the type of anxiety and fear and distrust that it produces. We become defensive, needing to protect ourselves and those whom we love most from the threats of the danger around us. Through no fault of our own, we turn in on ourselves and are consciously or unconsciously primarily focused on what we lack and have a strong need to protect what we already have. We see the world through a lens of scarcity. And if you encounter advertisements of any kind, whether that's the radio or TV or social media, the newspaper and so forth, the very fine folks who create ads know how our brains work and react when we are aware of what we lack or what they want us to think we lack in the case of advertisements. And they're able to manipulate us into this mindset of scarcity and of turning inward on ourselves to protect what we have. Jesus has the same words for the early readers of Luke's gospel who experienced lacking of all kinds under Roman occupation and us who also experience lacking of different kinds or are tricked into thinking that we lack something. These words of do not be afraid little flock. Jesus knows the hardships that each of us face intimately and he promises and invites us into something different. He invites us into the way of his cross, the cross which acknowledges that those hardships and fears and lackings are real, and they do not have ultimate power over us anymore. The cross which promises another way, a different way for us than turning inward on ourselves and invites us to turn outwards towards others, the cross which opens us to see beyond our own sufferings to the sufferings of others and leads us to trusting that God's love for the whole creation in Jesus Christ is not pie. It won't run out. There won't be smaller slices the more people that God loves. But instead, it is expansive and deep and infinite and for the whole creation. This story that spoke hope to an oppressed people is still speaking hope in Jesus Christ for us today. There are plenty of good reasons to want and to need to focus on ourselves and what we fear and what we lack. But Jesus says that this is not the only way. This turning in on oneself is not the kind of life or kingdom that God desires for us. Do not be afraid, Jesus says. And it is easy to be afraid. But the Holy Spirit gives us the gift of faith to see what Jesus has done for us and the world in the cross. And then we can trust that promise of Jesus. Do not be afraid. 
We trust that Jesus knows and cares deeply about the things we are afraid of, and we trust that those things hold no power over us because we belong to God in Jesus Christ. We trust that this being ready that Jesus speaks of is not necessarily an apocalyptic warning about who does or doesn't go to heaven, but is a way of life. It's a way of life that holds intentions, intention one's own worries and the worries of others as being equally important. A way of life that knows the hardships of the world and trusts that their power over you is gone. A way of life that knows the importance of the right now and trusts that because of Jesus right now, is not all that there is. Dear siblings, do not be afraid, for your treasure is in Jesus Christ, the one who lived and died and rose for you and who gives you that ultimate treasure of himself every day. Amen.
We will now listen together to the hymn, Blessed Assurance, and I invite you to, if you know the words, to sing along, or if you have access to the words, to give this a pause and to go and, and find a hymnal, find the lyrics, and to sing along with us. And then with the whole church, let us confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven, and he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Receive this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Share the good news. Thanks be to God.